Hello, dear friends. Merry Christmas. We're right here at Christmas Day, uh, 2021. So many things to, to really take away from the real joy of this season. But if you're focused on Jesus and not all the events of the world, uh, then you can find that peace. You can find that joy. You'll never find it in any gift under the Christmas tree. <laughs> Although you, you, you know, let, let me say this on the own set. I'm not one of those total anti-Christmas people. I'm anti what Christmas has become. Don't let it happen at your house as a Christian. Amen. Thank God for gifts. Giving and receiving for the Christian is is representative of not just a commercialism and a pagan holiday. It's about loving people and giving and receiving gifts even as God has given us the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So we just welcome from our house to your house, our heart to your heart. We want to wish you the the blessed Christmas this year. Now, at my house, I want to say this: we're gonna we're gonna take some time in the onset to deal with an issue that that many of us are facing right now. At my house, in particular, because of my age and stage of life, uh, my mom and dad, of course, are not here. They're with the Lord. I was able to uh, lead my mother to Christ in a nursing home before she passed away. My grandmother and grandfather on my mother's side, I was able to lead to Jesus Christ. My grandfather uh, in a in a hospital before he passed away, my grandmother in my mother's home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So my uncles and Ants are all with the Lord. Uh, my, my, my <laughs> I, I, we're getting down. We're actually Christmas Day. Our family right now will be my wife, myself, and my son that is left. My, my oldest son is with the Lord. My youngest son is still here with us. So and when we sit down to eat that Christmas meal, it's not going to look like the Hallmark Channel with everybody, everything working out, you know, and everything. The turkey is fine. The family's together. It happens to snow perfect snow, of course. That's not the reality. Let, let me say this to you. If someone is missing in your family today and you're sitting down uh, trying to capture the peace and the joy of Christmas without that person, now I'm going to tell you this today. When I get to heaven, I've got a little girl in heaven. My oldest son beat me to heaven. He told me before he passed to heaven. He said, Dad, I'm going to beat you to heaven. I said, no, you're not, son. No, that's not how it's going to work. But that's how it did work. He had the peace and he had the foreknowledge that it was time for him to go home. And he was longing for home. (laughs) Amen. He asked me many questions about heaven. But after a while, he never called it heaven anymore. He called it home. 
because he was beginning to lose sight of this world and gain insight and understanding of where he was headed. And so death held, death as we know it here, held nothing dark or foreboding for him, but it was a release from from this world to that world, even as the promise of God in the word of God. If you have a loved one with the Lord today, you can capture the peace and joy of Jesus. And part of that is because of Christmas, because of Jesus coming, going to the cross, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, ascending to heaven, and promising to come back again, not just for the living, but for all those that went to sleep in him and went to be with him. Amen. That we'd be caught up together with him to ever be with the Lord. Amen. I can't wait for Jesus to come. I'm going to wait uh, and 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 treasure each day until he gets here but friend of mine we're going to we're going to miss our loved ones for a little while but we're going to live with them forever praise god so there is the peace and the hope that christmas brings us that nothing else in the world and no one else in the world could possibly bring us so if you've lost a loved one this Christmas, as I know some of you have, many of you have, uh, I, I want you to know that, that God, the Holy Spirit, uh, through the Holy Spirit, is going to give you comfort and give you counsel from the Word of God. Amen. It won't be long <laughs> till Jesus comes. But until He does, we're going to wait in faith and in hope for Him Praise God. So I just pray God will comfort you. God will bless you. God will give you courage through hope today. Amen. It, it's not over yet. And when we get to heaven, it'll, it'll never be over. It'll, the celebration will never end. And it's going to happen, I believe, very, very soon. Amen. I want to talk to you on the other hand about Jesus, the promised Messiah. The Old Testament concerning the first advent or the first coming of Christ are promises made. Hundreds of years later in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is born and promises are kept. You see, the promise of a Savior beginning with the Jewish nation and extending to the whole world was a promise kept when Jesus was born in the little town of Bethlehem. And there's a principle here that we need to see, not just at Christmas, but all year long. Though much time may pass, God is faithful to keep His promises. Though much time has passed, God is faithful to keep His promises. Let's look at Hebrews 11 concerning promises made and promises that God has promised to keep. Hallelujah. Hebrews eleven thirty two through 34. Listen to what it says. It says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and also of Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. I have that highlighted in my Bible. Amen. 
They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. Stopped the mouth of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And I'm going to submit to you that all of these accomplishments through faith is because they obtained promises. Didn't, didn't, didn't God promise the Apostle Paul, amen, that when you are weak, then will you truly be made strong? Praise God. Out of weakness, they were made strong. And I'm submitting to you that the reason they waxed valiant in fight because of God's promise of victory, the reason they overcame their adversary because of God's promise of victory over our enemies, amen, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens because God promised that we would be able to vanquish those enemies through the the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus and the blood that he shed and the victory that he bought and brought at the cross. Hallelujah. I believe all of these victories are based on obtaining promises, the faith to subdue kingdoms, the faith to to, ob, to obtain right standing with God by believing him and receiving the gift of righteousness. Abraham believed God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And righteousness was put to his account because faith honors God, and God honors faith. Hallelujah. Stop the mouth of lions. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. You see, Jesus coming to this world, Jesus being born, was a promise made and hundreds of years before his birth. But that promise was kept when he came. You see, God, the Bible said of, of, of God, God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, God is not just a promise maker. God is a promise keeper. I told you some years ago the humorous story about a pastor going to visit a new family at their home. The mother told her five-year-old daughter, go and get that book that we all love so much and bring it here because the pastor asked if they had a Bible. He wanted to show them something in the scripture. He left his in the car. She came back charging in with a Sears catalog. Friend, I grew up in the 50s, and like most poor families, catalogs were called wish books. We looked longingly at the pictures of things that we could not obtain. The Bible is a promised book. The Old Testament and the New Testament are full of the promises of God. And one of Satan's greatest weapons against God's people is to cause us to doubt God's promises. He wants us to treat God's word found in the Bible as a wish book, just wishful thinking, something we long for and desperately need, but in reality do not ever hope to obtain. 
You see, friend, receiving God's promises, therefore, are essential to victory. Let me remind you today that this this almost Christmas day that you're hearing this, Jesus is the promised Messiah. The promises were made in ancient times to Israel, and they held on to the promise, and it looked like the promise would never be fulfilled. But God always works within His timing. And when the fullness of time had come, that that's something we need to get today. When God chose in His timing to fulfill the promise, you see, He 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 always has a time. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There is a time set in God's divine foreknowledge and His divine purpose for us all. Amen. There's a time for all of these things. And He certainly isn't operating on our time frame. He's operating with eternity in view. We're operating in the 24-hour 30-day, 365-day, time-limited program. That's why He makes decisions based on our eternal good, not for our immediate comfort. It may answer some questions for you today. It answers a whole lot of questions for me. The disciples were told to wait for the promise of the Father, to receive the Holy Spirit, to wait for the promise. Jesus promised paradise to the penitent thief on the cross and Christ promised to never leave us and to never forsake us so when you read a declaration in the word of God a promise that he has made amen receive the promise in hope receive the promise in hope Amen. You see, hope in the Bible is a confident expectation. Actually, it's the glad confidence, the glad confident expectation of future good. Take God at his word and cultivate a spirit of expectancy. Romans 4, beginning with verse 16 through 22, listen to it carefully. It said, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be made sure to all the seed, not only to that which is of law, but that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead. And calleth those things not as though they were. This is God's M.O. here. Listen, his method of operation. Hath he not said it? Will he not do it, the scriptures say? The moment God makes a promise, he commits himself to keep the promise. And as far as he's concerned, it's already done. There's a time when it will be manifest, but it's already done because there's nothing can stop him from keeping the promise. He's able to subdue everything the scripture said unto himself. That's part of being an omnipotent, (laughs) all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. He couldn't be God if he couldn't do that. 
That means even the negatives that work against the keeping of that promise where it looks like it is not only improbable but absolutely impossible. Hallelujah. God, God is not limited by any of those circumstances. No demon in hell can, can stop him. No devil can stop him. That's why the devil works overtime on you and me to doubt God or to disbelieve God at the worst. Listen carefully. We need to take him at his word. We need to stand upon his word. And we need to hope the moment we discover a promise made to us, we need to receive it with hope. So let me go back to Romans 4 again. Let's read this together. This almost Christmas day. This day when the promise made became a promise kept. And if you're a Christian today, it is a promise received. And that is Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And your hope that transcends death. Hallelujah. Actually transform it into a and door into eternity rather than a, a, a door to a, to a grave or a door to the darkness of death. Friend of mine, I have hope today because of Christmas day because God made those promises and hundreds of years passed but God in the fullness of time sent his son praise God he kept his promise didn't he all right let's go back and read Romans 4 while I slow down a little bit if I can therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be made sure to all the seed not only to that which is of law but that which is of the faith of abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made thee a father of many nations. See, God calls the things not as though they were. For as he's concerned, it's a done deal. It's when we believe it that it's manifest to us. Listen, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. That's the word of God, the spoken word. Let me tell you something about the scriptures themselves. In the Holy Bible and in the New Testament, it is declared that, that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And that inspiration of God in the actual Greek text would read is God breathe. Just like I'm breathing out so that the vocal cords can, can be uh, exercised to create sound. God's word is alive. It's not dead letter on a page. Now, the beautiful scriptures, the logos, the letters on the page, the logos, the word printed is wonderful and beautiful, but it's full of God's God's own word as if he's speaking to us audibly, personally. Hallelujah. It's God breathed that has life in it. That's why Jesus said the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are 
life. Praise God. All right. According to that which was spoken, so shall I seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. You see, faith honors God, and God honors faith. And being fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. When you see that word able, it's also faithful. It's always in the, t- in the connotation of able and faithful. Because if God is able, and you give him that because he's God and all-powerful and nothing's impossible with him, and you don't give him faithful, amen, then, then we, can't, we can't have an expectation of the fulfillment of a promise. Because if he's not faithful, though he's able, it will do us no good. But if he's able... And he's faithful. Hallelujah. Then there is not only hope in the promise, there's faith to receive it. Hallelujah. And therefore, verse 22, it was imputed or put to his account for righteousness. Listen, one translation from a commentary, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, an oldie but goodie here. When no ground for hope, it says, was appeared, for no, when no ground for hope appeared, he believed in hope. That is cherished believing, cherished believing the expectation, cherishing, cherishing the belief of the expectation. Matthew Henry says all arguments of sense and reason and experience were against him. He received solely in God, he believed solely in God's sufficiency. Listen today. The arguments of sense and reason and experience are strong arguments. And when you add to them Satan's lying suggestions, a giant of doubt will arise against you and me. Go to God's word and hang on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't give in and never give up. Abraham did not consider the circumstances. He focused squarely on God's promise according to that that was spoken. If we are able to against hope believe in hope, we must become childlike in the area of trusting our Father's promises. You know, I've, I, I have been, I've been walking this walk. I'm not just talking this talk, in effect, preaching and teaching all of these years. I've been walking this walk of faith with God, and I'm going to tell you right now, God is faithful. There was times I had to deal with this giant of doubt, and I had to go back to the Word of God and claim it anew and claim it afresh, and I had to hang on. <laughs> I like that song that says, hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer. Amen. Because sometimes it's in this holding on against hope to believe in hope because of that that is spoken. 
and therefore that that is written in the Word of God. Amen. And I can tell you, I can declare unto you today, God is faithful. Hallelujah. He has never, ever, ever lied to us, and He has never made a promise that He isn't purposed to keep even though it there may be time passing as from the time we claim it until it is manifest. That's why the scripture said, you have need of patience. I'd like somebody in this ordinance to say, tell me about it, to say a great amen to that. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, that is, believe him and trust him for it, that you might receive or obtain the promise. Hallelujah. And it says this, cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. This is not about the second coming. This is not about the rapture. This is about God coming in the sense of manifesting in his timing the answer to that prayer that is prayed based upon a promise made. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't don't give up on God. Abraham did not consider the circumstances. He focused squarely on the promise of God. And if we're to against hope, believe in hope, we must be childlike in the area of trusting our Father's promises. Amen. Two little girls, beautiful to me, an illustration of this. Two little girls were playing together, and one of them said, Let's count our pennies. The one counted and said, I have five. And the other put down the same number and said, I have ten. The first girl protested and said, You have the same number that I do. I know, said the girl, but my daddy promised that he would give me five more when he came home from work. And so I have ten. (laughs) Glory be to God. Wouldn't it be something if we could receive a promise in such hope and such faith in God's faithfulness, hallelujah, that we would claim that promise just for the promise sake before it's manifest, that we would claim it in faith, knowing That God is a promise-keeping God, and He is faithful. That He watches over His Word, and therefore the promises made in the Word to perform them and to keep them. Hallelujah. You see, she was counting. She was counting what was promised to her. For she had faith to believe that she already possessed what was promised. That's why Hebrews 11, known as the great faith chapter in the Bible, amen. It it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Or things that... it's. Oh, friend, that's a mouthful. I'm going to say it again. Amen. Through faith, it says in that chapter, we understand. We understand things that is incomprehensible. If you're looking at it logically, reasonably, scientifically, 
in any other way except an all-powerful, almighty God who speaks to us and purposes things for our benefit and, 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 and promises those things to us in His Word. Glory to the Lord. God is a promise-keeping God. So faith, therefore, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For they they that come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek God. Him, hallelujah, who don't give up on Him, who simply claim the promise and and stand firm until the promise is made manifest. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for He that shall come, He's going to manifest the answer. And the devil knows he can't stop God. And he knows circumstances can't stop God. And all the minions of hell can't stop God. But he knows who can. And that's you and me. By unbelief or disbelief. To where we can, we continue to, to, to doubt the promise. And we don't stand in faith. The Bible said whatever we ask in prayer, believing, we shall receive. And when I find a promise and I pray according to that promise, I have God's word on it. Hallelujah. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith comes, therefore, by heeding and heeding the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, this Christmas season. We're seeing a promise that was made hundreds of years before it happened. And so much occurred to to contradict that promise and to cause doubt in that promise. But on Christmas Day, the Messiah, the promised Messiah, was born to fulfill His promised purpose, not only to the nation of Israel, but to all the world, to therefore to you and to me, wherever you are, whatever nation you are in hearing this message right now, the promise is to you and your children and as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. God's great love has reached all the way around the world to draw us to his self and to his Savior and our Savior, his Son and and our Savior, Jesus Christ today. Glory be to God. God is a promise-keeping God. Hallelujah. He doesn't lie because he cannot lie. He calls the things as not as though they were. So God's absolute faithfulness an absolute power to overrule and overcome any force or circumstance is our basis for bold faith in His promises. Praise God. Therefore, we don't throw away our confidence. Our confidence is strong in God. I like what C.S. Lewis said in closing on this great Christmas season, in spite of all the distractions, God's promises are still yea and amen to them that believe. C.S. Lewis said, and I quote, Faith is the art of holding on to things your reasons once accepted 
in spite of your changing moods. When everything we once easily believed suddenly becomes improbable and illogical, it is this hanging on faith that holds us on course and keeps us anchored to the unfailing promises of God. You see, friend, the interim between asking and receiving is a precarious time for believers. Our faith droops. Our feelings want to sell out to the enemy. And doubt (laughs) unpacks its suitcase for an extended visit. Now I'm telling you, God is moving by His Spirit to raise up a people that will stand upon the sure promises of God and see the victories that He's purposed and promised in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. I don't know what you're facing this Christmas, but I know one thing. God has promised to take everything that we face. He's promised to subdue it to His eternal purpose. (laughs) Hallelujah. And He has promised to bring good to those that love Him and are the called according to His purpose. Praise God. This Christmas, this holy, holy season for the church of Jesus Christ, those that have been baptized, I'm not talking about a denomination, which is an organization of believers. I'm talking about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been baptized by one spirit into one body, and we have become his members in particular. And I believe God is raising up that body of Christ to function as a mighty spiritual warrior today working together with him to usher in a last day revival and a last day harvest I can't wait to see my little baby girl that went to be with the Lord about four days old beautiful black hair (laughs) oh how sweet but I'm going to see her I'm going to see her because I have a promise. Hallelujah. From a promise-keeping God. I can't wait to see my son in a body that's no longer sick, but well and healthy. I can't wait to see Alan. I can't wait to hug him and know I'll never have to turn him loose for eternity. I can't wait to see my mom. I can't wait to see my dad young and healthy and strong. I can't wait to see my friends, church members that have preceded us to heaven. I can't wait to know the joy of that great reunion. I can't wait to see Jesus. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have hope that is granted through the promises of God. Oh, but you can. You can this Christmas season. You can have the hope of everlasting life, of absolute forgiveness and pardon, hope of a God who will be with you here because He promised and will take you to heaven to live with Him forever. 
Come to Christ. Run to Christ this Christmas day and be saved. In Jesus' name.